It's time to take a sledgehammer to the mainstream media's lies and propaganda. The corporate media establishment flat out lies to people and no one is holding them accountable. They exploit misinformation, they use it to manipulate the masses. They use fear-mongering to create a scared and broken population. It's right out of a communist playbook. I know this because I used to work for the mainstream media. I'm Carrie Lake. You might recognize me from TV. I worked as a journalist and a news anchor for 27 years right here in Arizona. So I know the ins and outs of the corporate media. And I know how corrupt it is. The network overlords craft a narrative. They pump it out to their affiliates and all of the anchors parrot the exact same thing. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely, extremely dangerous, dangerous to our, our democracy. democracy. These media giants have absolute and total control over the information we the people consume. They control what we know and then they tell us how to feel about it. None of this makes sense to me. It's not reporting. It's propaganda and it's biased. It's unethical. Journalism is dead. And as soon as I realized it, I got out. I'm not afraid of the media and I don't care what they say about me. I care about the people of Arizona. And I'm ready to have a real and honest conversation about what the hell is going on in our state today. Even though we live in the desert, we still have our own swamp. They've had the same establishment cabal running this state for too long. No matter who gets in, nothing changes. Illegal immigration at the border is out of control. Our weak, recycled politicians have lost control to the cartels. Our election integrity is wrecked. Our schools are pushing racist garbage onto our children and violent crime has skyrocketed. The left wants to burn down our businesses, but we'd rather burn these. But if you dare question the narrative, they'll label you a conspiracy theorist. The real conspiracy theorists are spreading fake news from CNN right down to your local news station. We have lost our way. And that's why I'm stepping up to run for governor of Arizona, to get us back on track. I'm ready to take a sledgehammer to the corrupt media, to destroy the corrupt cronyism that's been in Arizona far too long, and to take a sledgehammer to these weak border policies that are ruining our state. But I will never take a sledgehammer to that big, beautiful wall. As a matter of fact, when I'm governor, we'll finish the damn wall. We don't want Arizona to become a suburb of California. And trust me, when I'm your governor, I'll keep that California crap out of here. Hey folks, how's it going? Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. Hey, listen, we're running a little different program tonight than what I normally run. By the way, welcome to everybody for, well, it's called Cut the Crap. Why do I call it crap? Culture, race, and American politics. And when you mix culture, race, and American politics, well, we are the ones that get left behind. It's common knowledge. Even when Hollywood's getting it, you know 
everybody's finally fed up with the media. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've been wrong many times, but I'm beginning to think I'm right about this. The mainstream media is not your friend. The culture is not your friend. The government is not your friend. Big business is not your friend. They are operating collegiately in unison to create a set of systems that are beneficial to them and disadvantage you. So, folks, get ready. Uh, Tonight, I have special guest, Carrie Lake, running for governor, absolute rock star. Many of you saw that video um, where uh, I think that's one of the most brilliant introduction to campaign videos there are. I want to show you one quick video, and we're going to get right to the program. Another great patriot. She is doing incredibly well in Arizona. She was the anchor. She was the anchor for 22 years. I hate to say that long. Was that about right? 22 years, and people loved her. And she's beautiful inside and out. You know, you're not allowed to say that anymore. It's uh, politically incorrect, but it's true. She's beautiful inside and out. She's an incredible woman. Carrie Lake. (laughs) Carrie Lake. And she is leading big. Wow, I I just looked at a poll, Carrie, and, well, you never know, right? So just keep working. Just keep working. But you're leading very big, and you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you very much. And there's so many other people here. Okay, folks, fight that one-finger war. Share this right now. Get your family and friends. They need to tune in and watch us. Here we go with the program. Cut the crap. Crap. How many times a day do you want to see that? Politicians, the elite, the loony liberals, the fake news media, and the gender-confused, emotional, socialist, snowflake crowd. Cut the crap is your secret weapon for fighting for our freedoms and our great republic. It all begins with a massive mental enema, freeing you from the toxic news and politically correct views, which constipate your consciousness with stinking thinking. Your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer, is known for calling out politicians and telling them to cut the crap. You've seen him on virtually every television network and listen to him on Coast to Coast Radio. And now he's here to help you learn to fight for America. Culture, race, and American politics, they all have one thing in common. They all need to cut the crap. Now, here's your host, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. Hey, folks, how's it going? Jovan Hutton Pulitzer here. You know, we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be cutting some crap. So, crap cutters out there, look, this culture, race, and American politics, it's what's killing us. Uh, Carrie, you know what? You are uh, a rock star. That, that open I, that I just saw on your show is so great. Why, why have you. I not been on before today? Thank you very much. I, the other day, General Flynn was on, and he actually paid me a compliment, said that's probably the best opening of any of the people out there broadcasting. Ever. Look, this is just what it is. Culture, race, American politics. I loved it in your video when you said cut the crap. Hey, look, let's get, get right to it. Somehow <laughs> you survived in a very liberal environment called media. That is the most extreme of the extreme. Nobody really trusts the media anymore. And you had a life-changing moment. Can we start there and talk about that? Media is complete trash right now. I mean, uh, let me just, let me cut the crap and tell you it is trash. And, but I have to tell you, I've been in it. I'd been in it for a long time. And when I got in the media back in the early nineties, when I learned how to be a journalist, you covered both sides of the story. Right. You left your opinion out of it and you inform the people. And so I had always kind of been operating with that knowledge and that uh, training, I guess you could say, to be a journalist. And of course, we saw it move further and further and further to the left. We saw newsrooms, which used to have 
a nice balance of people, younger, older, different life experiences, different ideologies, whether they be conservative or more liberal. It was a nice blend. And I think that's what it should be. But somewhere over time, and especially fast forward in the last 10 years, the people who had more conservative sensibilities moved out of the newsrooms. Either they, you know, they were a little bit older and they might have made a little bit more money. And the newsrooms were trying to cut costs, cut costs. And Very if true. they could get rid of somebody who was in their 50s or, you know, 60, but had really great broad um, depth of knowledge and was making three times more than a starting reporter, they would boot them and bring in three young social warrior activists. And they could hire three for the price of one, but they changed the ideology in the newsroom. And these young uh, journalists, so-called journalists, were not trained to tell both sides of the story. They were trained to take a narrative and an agenda and shove it down our throats. And so I worked in the newsroom and I always felt like I could maintain my integrity and my balance and fairness. But during COVID, I, I kind of lifted my nose off the grindstone because I'd always been a worker, worker, worker. And I realized that, wow, I mean, the entire journalistic industry had just kind of collapsed right. with COVID, with the pushing of a narrative, with the pushing of, I think, disinformation. And I'm realizing it more as I research and research what happened during COVID. We had information out there, studies, research on early treatments that would work, but the corporate media refused to cover it. And then, of course, when the election struck, I knew my BS meter was going off. And I just right. went, I, I realized I don't want to be a part of this. It's going to become harder and harder for me to maintain the truth and, and be honest with the people. So I made the decision and it was difficult because I, after 27 years, covering the state number one anchor for 22 years, probably the highest paid person in media to walk away from that salary and that security was scary. But what good is a salary? What good is a paycheck if we don't have a country to enjoy that paycheck in, Jovan? Amen. If we don't have a country, it's, it's not worth a thing. Now you had to have a, I kind of call it a second, very hard come to Jesus meeting. And that's when you decided to run because it affects you in a completely different way. It affects your family and everything else. Tell us about that moment that you decided, I have to do this and I can make a difference. Well, let me go back to my first come to Jesus was when I realized I have to leave this, this business. It's not just unethical and biased, it's immoral. But the, the hang up for me was, wow, I'm going to walk away from my paycheck. What am I going right. to do? I mean, this is scary. And I, I'd really um, returned deeply to my faith. And I remember I just opened the Bible one day when I was really struggling with that that kind of snag of what if I regret this? Um, and I opened it to first Timothy chapter six, verse seven, which is basically, and I, I, I don't have the Bible memorized, but I think most people have heard of this. We come into the world with nothing and we leave with nothing. And I felt that that was a very big signal from God that Carrie, you're on the right path. Do this, put your life in my hands. Everything will be okay. So I walked away. I made the decision to walk away. I put out a video telling the good people of Arizona why I was leaving. I didn't want to walk away from this career I'd worked so hard to succeed in and just let people think I was walking away to pursue other opportunities. I wanted them to know journalism had died. It's been replaced with propaganda. I'm not interested in being part of that. Put that video out and I got flooded with hundreds and thousands of messages and emails and text messages and you name it. I mean, overnight, it just went viral. 
And during that time in the, in the following few weeks, one of the common themes I was reading in those messages was we need someone like you to run for office. Would you please consider running for office? We're sick of the corruption. We need somebody who understands us, who knows us, who we trust, who knows the issues of this state, who has integrity. And initially I thought, okay, they must think I'm crazy. I'm not going to leave the corrupt world of media and go into the even more corrupt world of politics. But but then I got to thinking about how this country was formed and our founding fathers envisioned real people, citizens stepping forward to represent their fellow citizens. And I thought, why not me? And so I threw my hat into the ring and um, little did I know we would have a movement, but we have had a movement in Arizona since day one. People are so excited to have a a, a candidate that will represent the people of Arizona. I don't owe any political favors. I think I'm the only candidate in the country who owes nothing to any you know, political entity. My special right. interest group is the people of Arizona. And people love that. I'm, I'm just watching the chat right now with the people all over and everybody's begging you to come to their state. We got solicitations. <laughs> Can you come to Illinois? Solicitations. Will you come to Michigan? Um, it had to be a, a, a tough cho choice family-wise because certainly everybody's going to attack and that's the way it's going to happen. Ooh, I think people resonate brutal. with you because it's you speak the truth. Let me, let me play one thing real quick because I think people like you call it like it is. The founding fathers of our great nation understood that in times of crisis and strife, when our country is crying out for new leadership, that leadership wouldn't come from Washington. It wouldn't come from the elite, and it wouldn't come from career politicians. They understood that there would be moments like the one we're in right now, where the destiny of our great country, our future as a people, as a nation, was at stake, and patriots would rise up from the people to lead us forward. They counted on it. I love this country and Arizona with all my heart and soul. And I've been torn apart just like you, watching everything that's happened since the pandemic hit. And just like you, I'm ready to rise up and do something about it. That's why I'm running for governor. Arizonans need leaders they can trust. We need leaders with courage and vision, and our politicians have failed us. I'll make sure that we put science before fear, people ahead of politics, and if the federal government won't do it, we will secure our border. And our brave men and women in law enforcement, they'll get the support they need to protect our neighborhoods. We must put Arizona first. Arizona is ready to thrive. Our businesses are ready to win. I'll fight to make us more competitive. So I think that I'm going to stop it right there. I think that's what people recognize in you is just authentic. It really is. You come out of a system where they expect people to be tainted and jaded and bent towards the system. But yet what came from that 27 years is a hardcore American patriot that says, I have to do something to save my country. Is that how you were raised? What are we seeing here emerging back out and coming out uh, in, in this fire? Because you are walking into the fire to be able to do this. Oh boy, it is fire. I mean, the attacks, I got to tell you about that in a minute, but let me tell you where I did come from. I was born in I was born in Illinois, right on the Mississippi River, on the Illinois side, but I was raised uh, in the on the Iowa side of the Mississippi River. 
I used to swim in the Mississippi, so my skin's pretty thick. Very nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm the youngest of nine, and my father was a football player and a history coach and a government coach. My mom was a nurse, and wow. it was not easy. We didn't have a lot um, of material, you know, wealth but we had a wealth of love in our family and it was difficult. We had to work from a young age, probably broke a few child labor laws. I think I started babysitting at the age of seven, which that was in the seventies and you actually would leave a baby with a seven-year-old. Um, but you know, you know how times have changed. So Very I had much. to work for everything I've ever had. And I grew up um, an hour, about an hour from where Ronald Reagan was born and raised, obviously a few decades apart. So I, Ronald Reagan was my idol as a kid. I, he was the president of my youth. And he's the reason I registered as a Republican the, the day I turned 18. And, and I voted Republican most of my life and it was registered Republican most of my life, except for a short little stint when I got really fed up with all of the wars. And I registered as a Democrat because I wanted to see somebody end the endless wars. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get that until we got a really very special candidate, Donald J. Trump. And when he came down that escalator that day, my heart just exploded with patriotic pride. I saw somebody who was speaking to the people finally after 20 plus years of just a uniparty that was greedy, that was taking away states' rights and pulling everything back to Washington, D.C. and leaving the American people um, out to, dry, you know, high and dry. And so uh, I was born in a very patriotic family. I used to run around the house singing patriotic songs because the schools that I went to, this will tell you how, how far away we've come. We started each day with a, uh, a little gathering of, of all of the kids from K through six. And we started with the announcements for the day. And then we would sing two or three patriotic songs, you know, from you're a grand old flag to the, uh, to the national anthem. So I just grew up in that kind of a community that was very proud and very patriotic. I really, it breaks my heart to see what's happening now. I think we're going to move back to our roots and back to God and back to what that binds us together. That thread that binds us all together is our patriotism and our love for this country. And I see us moving that way. Absolutely. I, I often said that for us to get America back on track long before Donald Trump was announced run, that we need to get a business person in that can readjust this train wreck and have it stop just wasting money and make it run for the nation. And then, of course, Donald Trump came in and literally delivered on it. Many people say you are the female, not going to say Donald Trump, but a version of that, of somebody who really cares about the country. I know Donald Trump has great affection for you. Watch us. Hello, this is President Donald Trump, and I just wanted to tell you that you have a great, great fighter running for governor of Arizona. Her name is Carrie Lake, but she is outstanding. She's a very conservative person. She believes in true and really great values. She's going to do tremendously for the border, for election integrity. She will be somebody that you'll be very proud of, and she has my complete and total endorsement endorsed by President Trump, Carrie Lake for governor. I love that. Let's start with two things. Number one, I want to start, I want to understand how people are attacking you, just what you're going through. And mm -hmm. then number two, I want to jump into Arizona has serious problems, but we'll get into that in a minute. What has been the attack that they're trying to bash you with? Because it can be anything <laughs> odd, right? What's going on? Well, it's funny. I don't have, there's not a lot of dirt on me. I've lived a pretty clean life, 27 years living in the public eye in Arizona. 
And therefore, I haven't been doing stupid stuff out there like a lot of people. And so the only thing they have on me is that I voted Democrat. I voted Democrat at a, for a short period of time, just like President Trump at one point voted Democrat. And Ronald Reagan, I'd rather be in the Trump-Reagan-Lake camp than the lifelong Republicans who are actually rhinos like Liz Cheney, Jeff Flake, Mitt Romney, the John McCain's of the world. So they don't have anything on me. And that's so they continue to throw that. Now they're trying to pin every single thing Obama did, which he did a lot of stupid, horrible things. Right. Obviously, he's been revealed as the fraud that he really is. Um, they're trying to pin everything he did on me because I voted you know, with him once. So it's, it's ridiculous. They don't have anything. And they're trying to call me fake, which if, if you talk to anybody in Arizona, I've, I've been in their homes for 27 years. Right. I have, uh, they know me. I know them. I think I'm probably the most authentic person, one of them in Arizona. And that's why we're doing so well. I talked to our pollster not too long ago. He said, I've never seen anything like it, Carrie. You've had $7 million in attack ads directly aimed at you for a year. Your opponent has put 10 million in ads in. Now she's moving it up a million a week. She's married to a wow. billionaire. Mm -hmm. And so we have a barrage of attack on us on just the most ridiculous stuff. And our positives keep going up. Our poll numbers keep going up because people aren't buying the lies that they're pushing anymore. And I, I just think uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I was able to cover the state. I understand the issues. I have a relationship with the people. You don't, you don't get invited into people's homes for 27 years and not have a relationship with them. That goes beyond just name ID. And so um, I, I can handle the attacks. Is it pleasant? No. My children have been followed. Um, you know, things like that are concerning, but my kids are pretty tough. And um, we're in this to win it for Arizona. We're in this to make sure we can do some big, broad things for Arizona, securing our border, stopping the drugs from coming in, taking back control of our border from the narco terrorists, the cartels, and returning some sanity to our communities when it comes to battling the homeless problem, returning sanity to our schools so that our kids have a future and are educated for that future. There's so much work ahead. And I'm really looking forward to getting into the gov governor's office and getting to work on that. You know, Arizona is a wonderful state. I, I love Arizona. Before I started doing this audit stuff in Arizona, I would have said that if I looked across the landscape that we had maybe one bad politician in this city, maybe two or three bad politicians in this in that state, I've done a 180. And I'm now more inclined to say we might have one good politician in that city <laughs> and we might True. have two good politicians. I think that's why people resonate with you. They're tired of politicians. Here's something that just floored me. I was talking with David Lara, who's the one that uh, you know, broke open uh, 2000 mills, giving information about ballot stuff. And everybody's yeah. talking about Brnovich not paying attention to anything. I was surprised to find out that David had been blowing this whistle for almost two decades and nobody paying attention. And then Brnovich, uh, when he talked to the investigators, when they didn't do something in the primaries, you find out they waited till after the general. And they said, well, we just wanted to kind of compare what happened between the two. I've no, come to realize sick. that Arizona might not truly have Republicans, but I do know they have McCainites, which is a completely different animal. And it's very hard <laughs> to understand. How bad is Arizona? Is it as bad as it seems? And I know you can make a huge difference. Oh, well, whenever you speak out and talk about the reality, which is we were run by John McCain and his machine for probably four decades. 
you say that and the McCain family loses their mind. They act like, you know, they can't handle any criticism. It's, it's a fact. I've been attacked by the McCain family lately because I've been pointing out that we are at a crossroads in Arizona. Are we going to go back to the old way of doing business, which is the McCain machine runs the show. Right. The people right. of Arizona are not figured into this. They don't matter. It's just what the McCain machine wants and it's run out of greed and power. Or are we going to go the way that President Trump showed us, which is America first, Arizona first, and making sure Arizona is a strong state and we're protecting our people? I think we're going to go the America first way, and I'm excited about that. But goodness gracious, you mentioned John McCain, and even though he was a politician for 40 years, that he is fair game. I know he's he passed away four years ago. I respect his military career. His family acts like the biggest victim every time you mention their father. Right. He was running this state with an iron fist and you could not get into politics unless you went through him. If you dared try to run as a patriot, a Tea Party patriot, uh, an America first patriot, that machine led by John McCain would destroy you. And after they destroyed you, they would continue to destroy you. The people of Arizona are done with that. We are Arizona first from here on out. And right now, they are grasping for power. They know they're on their last gasp of air. If they don't win this time, it's over. And I'm going to tell them right now, it's over. And you can attack me and you can run ads against me and you can say whatever the hell you want to say against me. I don't give a damn. We're taking this state back. We're not going to be run by the McCain machine anymore. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's the only thing I think, look, I believe we do have the system machine, the rhinos, the uniparty. I, I even no longer believe that we have a, a Democrat party and a Republican party. I believe we have a uniparty predominantly. Yeah. And we, the beast is against the wall. Look, they know they're losing and that's why they're pulling out all the stops. I mean, think about this uh, January 6th infomercial we have going on right now in prime time, trying to sell an agenda to people. It is all about getting inside their brains with media and making it must, which is why in my opening, I told people, look, it's, we're about to give you a mental enema. That's where we have to start, <laughs> right? We have mm -hmm. to get all of this crap out of our system and fight it. Now, I believe at the base of everything, if we don't get the paper right, I always say America was founded on an incredible piece of paper, Declaration of Independence. That's why everybody wants to be us. That's why yep. everybody wants to break into the border. You got 160 countries on your border right now that want to come across every single day. But one stupid little piece of paper, right? One stupid little piece of paper has put us in a horrible predicament. And if we lose that paper, we lose our country. What do you think? I think about the men, the 56 men who signed their names to that paper. They signed their death warrants when they signed the Declaration of Independence. That's why I'm fighting right now. And that's why thousands, millions of other patriots around the country have stood up. They're speaking back. They're ruffling feathers. They're getting involved. They might be running for office. They might be investigating our stolen elections. But we're standing up trying to make sure that those men didn't fight and lose their livelihood. Some of them did. Some of they them did. lost relatives. They fought for this country. This is a special country and we're not going to let it go. And so I, I think of them often. I think of our founding fathers and what they went through to create this great country. And I think God had a hand in it as well. Absolutely. And we're not letting it go. God put us here at this moment. I, as 
difficult as this time is, as much stress and um, difficulty it is to run and living in these times where the government's closing our business down, masking our children, trying to force us to get shots we're uncomfortable with, stealing our elections, allowing our border to be overrun with drugs and, and, and crime. And I say the government, the government's part of all that. We are standing up and saying, no, we're not going to take this anymore. We will fight to keep this country. And God put us here at this time because we're the ones who are meant to do it. I am honored to be alive at this moment in history. I think it's such a special moment. It's a difficult moment, but aren't you just happy to be alive for this and know that God placed us here because he knows we're the strong ones who are going to save this country? Absolutely. I tell people we were given a brilliant gift. We're the first uh, society of people that can see it clearly happening before our eyes. The veils have been pulled away. It's happening in real time. Therefore, we're awake. It's not the Roman soldier showing up. Something's changed. You disagree. They lop off your head. It feels like it, but it's not. But we're watching <laughs> this happen in real time. I think this sickness is what I call the unholy trinity, government, media, academia. So, And they're working together, right? Absolutely. They are working together. I talked together. about the McCain machine. And then I talk about, I should talk about the literally every day an attack piece by the local media here. It's all connected. It's all connected. They want, they would rather have my rhino opponent or the socialist Democrat win because then the status quo remains, the machines in play. They do not want a Trump Republican, an America first Republican who's going to bring common sense back and, and give the government back to the people. They're just scared to death of that. Arizona is and has been both the proving ground and the battleground. The proving ground is a lot of these rigs and things that have gone wrong have been perfected in Arizona first. You happen to be in a state where you have these supposed news organizations like the Arizona Mirror, which they go in and they buy old newspaper names and do it as a website and then claim their media. This is all a Soros operation. And you're in one of those cities where they have multiple instruments like this. And that's what we have to break through for people to understand. There is, I don't believe there's anything such as news anymore. I believe it's gone. I believe it's dead. I believe it's over. What do you think? Uh, you're right. Our news in this town is the worst. We've got the um, the mirror. We have obviously the uh, Gannett owned newspaper that is just, it, it's not even, I wouldn't even let my dog train, potty train on it. It's that rotten. And we have a bunch of socialists over there. I mean, they have the person they have covering at our uh, supposedly the you know the big newspaper in the state, covering the elections, covering Arizona has been here ten months. She doesn't even understand Arizonans, and she's they're all you know open borders, uh, siding with the cartels. Meanwhile, we have everyday people being poisoned with fentanyl. It's trash what they're pushing. Their editorial page is just a bunch of socialists pushing an agenda that is destructive for Arizonans and Arizona families. And I think people are waking up. Their subscriptions are way down. Uh, but, you know, every time they run a hit piece on me, they get more clicks. I try to tell people, don't even click on the stories because you just give them, you know, you, you you're revenue. paying them, basically. Right. So it is rotten. But I, I think people are finding other avenues to get information. I'm so excited. I think the new mainstream media, which means the media that people are listening to, is the alternative media independent journalists, people such as yourself. I think of John Solomon with Just the News. I think the Epic Times, they do a great job as well. So people are, are seeking out other sources for news because they know that the, the big five, 
or you know whatever the the local papers are are just pushing out a bunch of junk and they're not interested in that noise anymore so tackling arizona and you have one of these states that have multiple problems Mm -hmm. i know you're a warrior let's talk about your top three what needs to happen how will you make it happen I want to get back to really quick because it, it ties into what you're asking. You talked about David Lara, who for 22 years right. has known about the election fraud down in San Luis, Arizona, right there on the border. Can you imagine knowing that your community was having their votes stolen right out in broad daylight for 20 plus years and nobody was listening to you? You mm-hmm. couldn't go to the local authorities because many of the local authorities were part of stealing the vote. Right. And the left always wants to say that the right or anybody who wants to have election reform and restore honesty in our elections, they say that we're trying to disenfranchise minority voters. That's exactly what the left has been doing with this operation. That's they right. were telling people in a almost 100% majority Hispanic community that you have to hand over your ballot you hand it over with it unsealed. We will fill it out for you. And they were paying some people for it. Other people, they were just handing over the ballot anyway because they thought that's how it had to be. They were afraid to complain because many of them had come from Mexico or had relatives in Mexico. And they know that if you complain against a corrupt government, it doesn't go well for you. So for 22 years, David has known about this. He's been fighting for it. And he got a man named Gary Garcia Snyder, who's running down there uh, for the state legislature. I've endorsed him. He came out this election and he took video of what was going on. Crystal clear video of the corruption, which is outrageous. Elected officials taking part in it. And it's out in the open. And our AG had access to that video before the 2020 November election, where our, our, our election was stolen, and sat on it and did nothing. And then he sat on it for a number of months and did nothing. And then he finally had a couple of indictments. And now he thinks he's going to run for U.S. Senate and win. There's no way in hell people are going to put somebody in who didn't do their job. He was to protect the people of Arizona. It was a dereliction of duty, what Mark Burnovich has done. I used to give him the benefit of the doubt, thinking he was doing something. Now I'm just disgusted that he had a mountain of evidence, sat on it, and allowed our election to be stolen. And that stolen election has caused death. It's caused thousands of fentanyl death, overdose deaths because our our borders open and drugs are pouring in. It's caused 13 men and women, our finest in the military, to die in Afghanistan because an illegitimate president pulled us out of Afghanistan in the wrong way. It's causing families to suffer because they can't afford their gas. They can't afford food. This is outrageous. And we had people in this state by the name of Mark Burnovich who could have done something. He had the weight of the world on his shoulders, but he alone could have helped save this republic, and he didn't, and he should be ashamed of himself, and he should never hold a public office again. Oh, I agree. I know he's turned out his AG, and he's trying to get to his 20 years, which is the hook in in political life. I I try to understand him. I had total faith in him, uh, total faith that he would do what was right. Then you start seeing cracks in the veneer, and then what videos he does put out, he's numb-chucking on a garage somewhere, which the people that watch my program have a great hashtag for him. It's stop chucking around. But <laughs> he's not, he's just not paying attention. But it's not just Bernovich. Uh, many of the GOP, David Lara scre- screamed to many GOP people, one of them that's running for Karen Fan's seat right now, Ken Bennett, they knew about this for 15 years plus, had a few little polite meetings, 
but never did anything themselves. They ignored it or didn't think it was real or they benefited from it. What do you think about that with the party? I think there might have been some people benefiting from it. Maybe some elections that they maybe were really close and that got pushed over the edge. But the good news is we're finding out more about it. And even though the media refuses to cover it, we're doing something. And I've got, uh, we filed this week um, a preliminary injunction. Actually, a few weeks ago, we, we filed uh, in federal court to a lawsuit to stop the use of the electronic voting machines. And this week we filed a preliminary injunction and we do not want to have these voting machines count our votes anymore. We know for a fact that they are not secure. They are not transparent. We hand over a hundred percent of our vote to three companies and trust them to count them. We cannot trust them. We know for a fact, and we have experts who've said there's issues with these machines. They won't even tell us how they operate, how they work. Right. So we're not going to allow that anymore. And I and I know in 2017, the Democrats were railing about these machines. So this is the year we want to just get rid of them, go back to the old way of counting votes. Just in this last primary, and you're probably aware of this, Jovan, I was just reading it today. They looked at the hand count versus what the machine was telling them the count was. The machine count, the person who came in third place, in the hand count, that third place winner actually came in first place. Right. And the machine count who was in first place was actually in the hand count in third place. They're not accurate. They're not secure. We cannot put our vote into the hands of these machines and these companies. By the way, the components for these machines are made by our adversaries in China and other places. Right. So we are working hard. I'm working hard as a citizen and a candidate to try to do what I can to help secure our vote. I know other people are doing a lot of work. We can't count on our elected officials. They've, they're failing us. So we need to get them out of office, bring a new crop of people, outsiders in who love this country, and we will turn things around. I'm very, very confident that we're moving in the right direction, even though it may not feel that way. Uh, yeah, everybody feels the pressure of this because we feel like we're watching our country go to hell in a handbasket. There's a lot of things we have to fix. Let's talk about the ERIC system, Electronic Registration Information Center. Arizona is one of the anchor states that participates in this. And it's a, it's a small company. It's only three people. But 35 states send our precious voter rolls to them, send all of our Social Security information and numbers to them, and our driver's license information under the auspice that they'll clean up the voter rolls, find the dead people, find the ones that move. Now, we found 9,000 people that were dead on the voter rolls, 59% of them voting uh, in the 2020 election. Some of them have been voting four, five uh general election cycles. And when <laughs> pinging Eric, pinging the system out of 1.7 million just test files, about 250 at a time, uh, 250,000 at a time, 50% of them could not even match the social security four digit on the back end. We've got to kill this front loading because they are front loading our voter rolls. How would you tackle that? Because you'll have the say, Louisiana is the only one that's dropped out so far. But why do we turn over our most sacred list, our voting rolls, to an outside party started in 2012 by Obama? Government turned it down, funded by a Pew Charitable Trust and then Soros, and we give them the holy grail to know who everybody is. I don't get it. I, I think we should back out of that program. Absolutely. We can clean up our own voter rolls. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely we can do it. I mean, I, I bet you we could find uh, 10,000 volunteers in Arizona right now who would get to work on it. 
right Amen. now and probably do a really good job. We can't be in a program like that. I, I, I don't like where the money is coming um, from for that program. And I think we need to make sure we're, we're doing a better. I think we can do a better job right here in Arizona. How do you fix schools, though? Think about it. I am our appalled. Are, our, yeah. our schools, right? We got all these pieces in every little place. We've got our list are going bad. We did. We have this huge drop of mail-in ballots out there without it, everybody asking, and you end up mailing more ballots than you even have registered voters, and nobody's looking at it. But it's like this push-pulls going on. It's like, which battle do we do? Our elections are horrible. Our machines are horrible. But they are teaching our precious children to hate our country and hate their parents. And and it's a classic separation. Communism does it. Yep. How do you tackle all these things? How will you tackle well, all these things? We, we just have to tackle them and we need to bring people in who are willing to do big things. We, you know, we used to have, we'd be a country where we had big ideas and we made them happen. I mean, think about the men who designed the Hoover Dam. Think about the, Absolutely. the construction workers and the men who built that. Think about, you know, the Carl Ellers of Arizona who said, we need a nuclear power plant. Let's build a nuclear power plant so that we can be a state that grows and has the power for that growth. Those are big ideas. Now, you know, in this current generation, it's like a big idea is how can we get a sports, um, you know, arena built and have the taxpayers pay for it? We got to start thinking big ideas, taking on tackling the big problems for our future, for our kids and grandkids. And I think tackling um, our elections and making sure we bring back honest elections is totally doable. And it, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of time. We need to get some patriotic people in a red wave and we're going to get to work on that. I think we should have Election Day, bring back Election Day, not Election Month. Absolutely. We need to clean up our voter rolls, paper ballots, photo ID. We count every legal vote. We make sure that the voter rolls obviously have to be cleaned up. And we don't allow the counting to be handed off to these companies where they don't even tell us how their machines count. It's, it's pretty simple. It can be done if there's a will to do it. And we got to get the corrupt people out who don't want to touch that. There's also our education. This is so critical. We now know our, our children's minds are being poisoned. When you poison our children's mind, you poison the future. That's and right. my education policy, you can find it on my website, Carrie Lake, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com slash issues. That's where you'll find where I stand on all the issues and I lay it out. I don't just put a sentence. And my education plan, I'll get into a little bit of it if you want. Please do. Um, we want to fund the student, not the system. And this is something President Trump has talked about. I think there's a will to do this right now. Moms and dads want this. Fastest way to clean up curriculum is to let these schools know if you're teaching a bunch of garbage, if you're teaching nonsense, a history that is not accurate, that's trying to turn our kids into leftist maniacs, then we will take our kids out of those schools and we'll put them to another school where they're actually going to teach real American history, where they're going to prepare our kids for the future opportunities. What happens to that school that you pulled your kids out of? Eventually they realize our enrollment's going down. If we don't change course, we won't survive this. I think it's the fastest way to change the curriculum. You better believe it. They either adjust or they die on the vine. It's exactly the yep. way the system works and should be. 
also we want there's there's much more to my education plan. Um, we want to do a dual track education after tenth grade. Kids can decide, hey, I want to go off to the college. I want to go to four year college. I want to head that di- direction, or I want to head into the trades, get vocational training, get certification for maybe a two year program that doesn't require a four year college degree. I love liberal that. Arts. A lot of these we great have to, jobs. We, have, we used to have it. We have to bring it back. We're not teaching the trades. That is brilliant. And I'm not just talking about, you know, chop and, and welding and all that. I'm right. talking about some of the certification going into even the medical world. And we there's no reason you have our kids for 13 years, K through 12. They can't come out at 18 ready to take on a job. Right. We, they shouldn't have to waste the next decade of their life trying to figure things out, going to college, getting in debt, not even finishing college, working a dead-end job under a heap of debt. We parents are demanding more from our schools. I believe that good teachers should pay be paid more. If you look at how teachers have been paid and you adjust it since 1974 inflation, now this is before Joe Biden's hyperinflation, right? teachers have not had a pay raise. The teachers union, and the school, you know, you know, the school districts will use them kind of as their, as their, you know, sob story. And it is a sob story. We should be paying our teachers more, but they use them because they want people to say every, every, you know, election cycle, they drag it out and say, we're not paying our teachers enough. You're right. We're not. What we're paying is our administrators too much. We've grown the ranks of the administration. They're getting a huge quadruple pay raise and our teachers are doing all the work and not being paid. That's got to change. We'll get better teachers if we're actually paying them what they're worth. Absolutely. Let's talk about other people running. My last two questions, other people running in the state for different uh, positions. You're in the trenches. You really know the difference between what's real and not real in a field of rhinos. Who should your fellow Arizonans pay attention to in other races that you know are true um, should we say Arizona first movement people? Wow. There are some great, I'm so excited about the caliber of people running. I'm talking about citizen politicians coming forward and saying, I'm going to get involved from right down from the schools, running for County offices, running for state offices. It's really exciting. In my race, I believe my race is the most important race in the country, and it's not just because I'm in it. I wouldn't be in this if I didn't think it was important. We have to save Arizona. If we get a rhino or a leftist socialist Democrat running our state, we lose a border state. We cannot afford to lose another border state. And that's why my border plan is called Defend Arizona. We take back our sovereignty and we defend our border. And I'm the only one who's going to do that. So we've got to get me in office. I say that because I care so much about Arizona. Looking down um, the ballot, I haven't endorsed a lot of people in the statewide race. I've, I have endorsed Josh Barnett. Right. I feel very strongly about him. He's running, I think, it's CD, I think it's CD1. They moved all the uh, districts, but he's running against uh, an incumbent who's been there for a long time. That incumbent you never, ever saw with President Trump. He's not America first. He actually voted for that $40 billion to go over to Ukraine while our border sits wide open. And we're ready for a change. Josh has been involved in trying to get to the bottom of our elections, help other states investigate their elections. He helped people keep their business during the shutdowns. He's a real a man of action. And I, I think he's I got a great heart as well. There's three people who I've endorsed that are really um, are important because they're running against rhinos. And that is Rob Scantlebury, Janae Champ, and 
um, David Farnsworth. They are running against three intense rhinos who have gotten in the way of all of our meaningful election in, uh, integrity legislation and all kinds of meaningful legislation. So we've got to get those three in office. I've endorsed them and I'm really encouraging the voters to vote for them. But it, I look at the Senate race. We've got a couple of good um, America first candidates there. Of course, President Trump has endorsed Blake Masters. I think Jim Layman's a really good fighter. He's been in the battle fighting for MAGA for a long time. Uh, he helped put money at, towards the audit when they needed security because, you know, you got to protect against the maniacs out there. Right. And I, so I think Arizona voters have some great choices in that race. I want to make sure we have a strong attorney general. We've got to have a strong attorney general. I don't know what I'm going to do in that one. If we had all of them in, wanting my endorsement, right. Um, right. I'm not sure what I'm going to do in that. I think there's a few really, really strong possibilities there. But we have some choices out there. The voters are asking me to tell them, help them figure out who America First candidates are. I'm reluctant to do that, but I think the voters want that um, advice. And I'm out there with these people every day. So I'm starting to throw a few endorsements here and there around some of our statewide candidates, or rather some of our um, state legislature candidates. Right. Because I want to make sure I have a strong team to work with so all of our great ideas can move through the legislature and get signed and, and put into law. Well, it's a true point. Look, uh, 27 years in your previous career, but 22 years at the top, that's because Arizona loves you. But it's not about love. It's about trust. Exactly what a, a newscaster, a journalist should have is that trust in America and Arizona trust you. We're seeing that. And that's why they're asking you those questions. In final parting comments, look, I believe we're winning. I tell people all the time, our eyes are open if we go back to this stuff and we don't fight it and activate, shame on us. But it also happened on our watch because we're not going out marching and throwing Molotov cocktails. We just went about our business. So now we yeah. have to correct this. But I do believe we're winning. And this is the greatest time in history to be alive. Your final comments for everyone. Amen. I agree. And, and I try to think of that. There are times when even us kind of uh, brave ones get a little bit weary with what's happening. You think about what's happening. I've got all this attack coming at me. It's daunting. I could have just retired and left my job and, and enjoyed life. But really, I, I realized, no, there is no enjoying life if we don't have a country. That's and right. so um, it, when it does get daunting, just remember what Jovan just said. It is, it is a big, exciting time to be alive. A lot's been put on our shoulders. You know, a lot was put on our founding fathers' shoulders when they created this nation, when they fought to, to make sure we had the freedoms that we have. And we're not going to give away any more of our freedoms. We will fight to take everything back that they've tried to take away from us. And I believe we will restore America to its greatest days. I think the greatest days are ahead, but we have to get out and vote. August 2nd, if you're watching in Arizona, please vote August 2nd. Please tell your friends and family to vote August 2nd. Don't believe the ads you're seeing on TV. I have a desperate opponent who's flushing money down the toilet. And, you know, it's it's sad because she's married to a billionaire. She doesn't have to worry about money. She doesn't understand that people right now are struggling to put food on the table, pay for their gas, pay their rent. And when she was at the board, when Ducey put her into the Board of Regents, remember, she voted more than 70 times to increase and raise our tuition and fees for our college kids. Now that I have kids who are college age, that hurts. That hurts. Mean, meanwhile, she was uh, she was allowing illegal immigrants to attend 
our state universities and pay less tuition than American students. Right. And so she's got a despicable past, a despicable voting record. And she's trying to say everything that she's done wrong and pin that on me. And so I just hope the people of Arizona know a lie when they see it. And we need to make sure August 2nd, we vote America First Patriots in, and then we're going to get busy working so hard. I will put in 12, 16, 18 hour days if need be. I'll sleep down at the at the uh, governor's office and we're going to get some meaningful legislation passed to make sure that our elections are fair. Our elections are honest. We never have to have a forced vaccine in order to put food on our table. Our kids are getting a proper education, not a brainwashing. And we have a great climate to raise our families start a business, and have safe streets once again. Absolutely. I really appreciate you uh, joining me. You are absolutely a rock star, breath of fresh air. I truly believe you are absolutely the warrior that is going to turn around Arizona. So I just want to thank you for even thank putting you, it John. out there and being willing to fight this horrible, nasty, ugly fight. I greatly appreciate thank you. And thank you to you. I mean, you have, you're a patriot. And you worked hard. You've worked very hard and continue to do that. And we're all in this together. We really are. I see Democrats waking up every day. I get so encouraged by that. So encouraged. If you're waking up and you're starting to realize things don't make sense, come on over. Come on over to the America First Republican Party. We want you on the team. We want you to vote with us. And we are going to do big things and make your life better, too. We're in this together. and We all need to come together to save this great country. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so very much. There you go, folks. Right there. Perfect interview. Somebody you need to know. Look, Arizona is the key domino, folks. And we have to make sure that Carrie Lake gets in as governor because she is the one that's going to push over the domino. Thank you very much. Most people are afraid to stand up and speak out, but not you. You've been learning how to tell the system to cut the crap. What can I do to help save the America I love? And the answer is, learn how to fight back and tell the system to cut the crap. Cut the crap's not just a radio program, it's a movement. The right kind of movement, which breaks free the conservative constipation and reminds you that you are the majority. And we're just not going to take it anymore. Make sure you're following Joe Von Hunt and Pulitzer on all social media. See you next week, and between now and then, take a stand and tell them all to cut the crap. We've got all the right in the world on our side, and there ain't no reason to be afraid. And there ain't no reason to not take the challenge dead on, because I'm going to tell you who we come from, folks. We don't come from some weak, jellyback, spineless people. That's not who we come from. None of us. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what nation your folks hail from, how much money you got. We all share the same name. We are Americans. And at Bunker Hill, there was Americans. And at Fredericksburg and Gettysburg, there was Americans. And at Iwo Jima, raising that flag on Sarabachi, it was Americans. And at Porkchop Hill was Americans. Quezon, there was Americans. And on 9-11, there was Americans who ran towards those burning buildings. That is who you share your heritage with. You do not share your heritage with a weak and ineffective people who cower at the side of trouble. You share your heritage with a strong and brave people who are determined to hold on to their freedom and for the freedom of future generations. 
Guys, it's time for us to stand up and be that generation. It's time for us to stand strong and proud and remember who we are, that we are Americans. And as long as we stand as the vanguard of freedom in this nation, freedom will survive. No only survive but So guys, it's time to put on a packs. It's time to fix those bayonets. It's time to get ready. We got a fight on our hands. And our fight is not for us, for all those generations that's going to come behind us. Let's save America, folks. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. Seriously. The county has refused to produce the network routers. We want the routers, Sonny. The county refused to produce the network routers. Wendy, we gotta get those routers, please. Get up! Routers. Come on, Kelly, we can get those routers. Those routers. Wow! If you got those routers, what that will show. And they don't want to give up the routers. They are fighting like hell. Why are these commissioners fighting not to give the routers? How simple could it be? That will tell the truth. And they don't want to give up the routers. What are they trying to hide? And I say it, and I'll say it, because the easiest way of cheating is to throw them away. That's easier. The county has refused to produce the network routers. We want the routers, Sonny. The county refused to produce the network routers. Wendy, we gotta get those routers, please. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. It's so ridiculous. I, I'll be honest, though. Look, we all like to win. If I lost this election, I could handle it pretty easily. What? Run in 24, sir. You're gonna win. And I say, wait a minute. I just won six months ago. The big lie, they call it. Those trends are unproven. And knowing what happened in the election is a good thing, not a bad thing. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The county has refused to produce the network routers. We want the routers, Sonny. The county refused to produce the network routers. Wendy, we gotta get those routers, please. If you think about cancel, everything about cancel culture, they want cancel culture. But what they don't want to do is anything having to do with the 2020 election. We have no press. We have no voice. They almost got away with it. They may have gotten away with it. And I've got to tell you, I've got to say this. I've never said it before, but I've always thought it. I get along with Putin because that's a good thing, not a bad thing. The county has refused to produce the network routers. We want the routers, Sonny. The county refused to produce the network routers. Wendy, we got to get those routers, please. Get up! Get up! 